0: They're all monsters, Maggie. The only difference is they're in your bed
1: instead of under it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert, my guest this episode, Megan Hara. I like to say Megan Hurrah because I'm always happy to see her, aka C- Captain Garbage. I bet you do. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about a pretty confounding film <laughs> <laughs> yeah. called House of Good and Evil from 2013. Um let let me, let me start with the positives. For a movie of this caliber, you know, budget distribution, you know, this sort of C grade kind of movie. I thought that the lead actress, Ray Oliver, who plays Maggie, was really good. I agree. She's really pretty and I hope mm-hmm. that she escapes this to become like, I hope she has like a really good career. Cause yeah. I don't know. She's usually movies like this acting is so subpar <laughs>
0: right?
1: and she was really good. I thought.
0: Yeah. She pretty much carried the movie.
1: Yeah. She had to. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get into it. This, this thing. Um <laughs> Like, there's almost a good movie here. Like, it's so close, but about halfway through the movie, I started writing a better version of the movie in my head, and I'll get to it. It's just a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing.
0: Yeah, I was very excited going into it. Yeah, I feel like it starts
1: strong-ish, except for, well, right off the bat, our opening scene is silhouettes in a window. It's Maggie and her husband, Chris. They're having an argument and he pushes her down, causing her to have a miscarriage on the way to the hospital. The next scene we have is them wonderfully, blissfully in love moving out to the country and buying a new house. It, no, 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 no. The movie exactly. ends. The second this asshole pushes down an eight, eight month pregnant woman and she has a miscarriage movies. Fucking Thank over. You. Cause you don't talk to that man again exactly what what is happening and over the course of the film despite him clearly being an alcoholic dickhead <laughs> abusive right. asshole by the end of the movie we're kind of left with the idea that like maybe she had it coming because she's fruit loops like wrong <laughs> wrong that's not great messaging i'm afraid
0: no no not at all
1: so yeah yeah so it's un- unpleasant right off the bat. And I just don't buy, I mean, I guess, I mean, women do stay in abusive relationships. That's, but I don't know. Just It's left a bad taste in my mouth immediately. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. Me too.
1: So out in the boonies, they have bought this. Du- there's just a random duplex just out in the woods, like not near anyone else. That's a weird sure. place for a duplex, but okay. Why not? And the realtor's showing them around. He says, for another month, you still that like they've bought the place, but the lease they have neighbors on the other half of the duplex. The Andersons they're leaving in a month; they're moving to Florida. Blah blah blah. So you'll have to you can't knock this wall down yet and have your open floor plan or whatever. You're gonna have to wait. The place seems like a rundown kind of a shithole, to be honest, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And but their but their big thing is like. Oh, we had to get out of the city. It was driving us crazy. No, the city's not the problem. You being an abusive yeah. drunk is the problem.
0: Exactly. exactly. And that's going to
1: happen wherever you go. <laughs>
0: like, right.
1: As we'll see. So the city was not the issue. They have no phones. Or, well, they have cell phones, but they have no... Except the cell phone doesn't really have a reception except for one spot in the woods for some reason.
0: This one random spot.
1: There's no... The power lines, the phone lines got knocked down in an ice storm a decade ago and nobody's bothered to fix it. So they have no power. They have to run everything off a gas generator. And yeah. She's a little leery of the place and she should be. Cause it does not seem, I bet he sold her a bill of goods of how awesome this, cause when they first pull up, he calls it the manor and I'm like, what? no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a spare room upstairs that's locked and the realtor doesn't have the key for it. He says, I'll well, come back in a couple of days and bring them the key, but it would make a really nice, great nursery. Which, of course, kind of sets them both like, uh, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and Chris has to pull Chris pulls the realtor aside without her. We find out later to tell him, like, oh, you know, she had a miscarriage. So don't don't talk about nurseries anymore. And then now begins the baffling cycle that this movie has of from one scene to the next. They go from because the very next scene is they're curled up in front of the fire and she's like, I'm so happy. I'm so glad we're here. I love you so much.
0: After she was just so apprehensive about the house and everything about it.
1: And then sometimes it's the very next scene, but sometimes it's within the same scene, their mood and their relationship changes gears so fast. Cause she's, I'm so happy to, and then he takes a drink out of a flask. Cause again, he's an alcoholic and she's like, ah, uh-uh, no, no, no. Like we're out. We're starting this already. And he's like, come to bed. And she's like, no, I'm not ready to sleep in the same bed with you. <laughs> like you, two minutes ago, you were so happy. Right. Like blissfully. And this will continue for the rest of the movie to the point that here's the better movie I was writing in my head. It's called The house of good and evil for no reason. I'm taking, I'm taking you at your word. As far as your title goes, here's what it should be. On the other side of that wall, on the other side of that duplex through some supernatural means are their sort of bizarro world mirror mirror doppelgangers, right?
0: Yes, Where, I was thinking the same thing.
1: Which is what it feels like the movie is tr- doing, and it's not. But right. So, in the other apartment, there's a really nice Chris, who's a loving, nice guy, and doesn't drink, and isn't <laughs> abusive, and a Maggie who's a little off her rocker and aggressive and whatever. And over the course of the movie, they keep running into unknowingly. They're doppelgangers. And that would explain why from scene to scene they go from everything's hunky-dory and we're making out and so in love to two seconds later screaming at each other over sometimes nothing and being assholes to each other. That would explain that. It would explain the title. (laughs) It would be be something. And a more Instead, it's not that at all. (laughs) And winds up being kind of nothing. But... Yeah, so she won't sleep in the same bed with him. She crashes. This is, this is going to wind up being a very important scene. We don't know it yet, but she just crashes down on their blanket in front of the fireplace. He goes up to air quotes bed, which is this man is sleeping on bare springs. No mattress, <laughs> no box, like not even a box spring, like springs. He's sleeping on metal springs and he must, he's so drunk. I guess, that it just doesn't even matter to him. He's laying in bed drinking. And in the middle of the night, Maggie hears a baby crying somewhere in the house. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's not. That'll come up a lot in the movie. Who knows? Well, I guess it's kind of all a dream, really. We'll (laughs) we'll find out. (laughs) So it's a dream inside of a dream? I don't know. Dreamception. Dreamception. But yeah, she hears this baby kind of moaning in the house. There are vines growing on the stairway and growing on the walls, which looks kind of cool. It's kind of the only special effects in the movie and it looks all right. Yeah. And, And then she gets upstairs to where that locked spare room is and it's open and she looks down and there's like an umbilical cord running from her to this clump of vines in this room where she hears the baby crying and then she wakes up. So, okay. It's just a dream. That's fine. And it would be lovely if this was like symbolism or metaphor or something. But by the end of the movie, it's all going to come to fucking nothing. Right. So it's not symbolic of anything.
0: (laughs) Right. I was like, so what did that lead up to? What was that meaning?
1: Like, it's just going on inside her head, but it doesn't, you know, it's not symbolism if it doesn't pay off in some way, you know? Exactly. The next day, Chris is real bossy about this generator. Like, he goes out to show where the gas generator is. She's like, I can start it. And he's like, No. It's not like a lawnmower. This is the only thing that's giving us power, especially at night. Here's how you do it. And just does it for her. And a fight ensues. It's his way. She's saying it's his way on the highway, just like it always used to be. And he's like, what's up with you this morning? Like, well, asshole, you just like (laughs) mansplained to her. Like you didn't even give her a chance to try it. Like, and then is it the very next scene? Yeah, they're at each other's throats. And literally 10 seconds later, they're standing next to the truck just making out. Exactly. I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm going to miss you when you go to do your paperwork that he's because he is a fireman who is now. he I guess he was a fireman in the city and now he's going to be a fireman for forest fires or something. But fire season is over. So he shouldn't have much to do. But he's he's not supposed to start for three weeks. Training is not supposed to start for three weeks, but he's going in early to do paperwork or something. He should be gone for six hours. And she's going to miss him so much that they have to like make out. And like you were fighting eight seconds ago. (laughs) Like what is happening? that's why it would make so much sense. If when we're not looking like they went around the corner of the house when like she stormed off and the other version of her came around the other side of the house and ran into Mm -hmm. Chris and he doesn't know that they've switched, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the only way this makes any sense at all.
0: That would have been a much more intriguing premise.
1: Yeah, so Chris leaves, she's in the place by herself, working on unpacking and stuff, and she hears a telephone ringing on the other side of the wall, where the Andersons live, the other half of the duplex. Even though the realtor told them, there's no phones here, there's no phone lines, so this should be impossible, but she keeps hearing it. Well, at first, I think she thinks it's in the spare bedroom, which she picks the lock and breaks into, and it's just an empty room.
0: Which would have been something that I would have done immediately had they told me, oh, there's this room that is locked and you can't get into it. I would not have waited as long as she waited to bust that room open.
1: Especially a room that locks from the outside. Exactly. There is upstairs in our house, there's a little like, I don't know if crawl space is the right word, but there's like a storage space under the roof It's not really like an attic, but there's a little door at the top of our stairs that opens into this storage space where I have all my comics and D&D books and stuff. And there's a lock on the outside of that door. And that has given me the willies since the moment I moved into this house. Why? Why is there a crawl space under the roof with a lock on the outside? That's some Harry Potter under the stairs shit.
0: That's pretty terrifying.
1: I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) There's no reason to have a lock on the outside of a storage room. Exactly. Anyway. And then I wrote slap. Does he slap her this early? I know he punches her later. I wrote slap slash make out in tub. Oh, she slaps him. him. Right. She slaps him because why? (laughs) I'm trying to remember.
0: Because he told her or he told the realtor about the miscarriage
1: right and she <laughs> so she slaps him for that so she's not yeah so she's kind of you know she's not not to say uh, what am i trying yeah
0: you know what it's, i'm trying to say the whole the whole entire relationship is toxic and it's abusive
1: toxic and bad i'm not saying she deserves you know anything but you know she shouldn't be slapping him either so and then literally the next scene she is in the bathtub he is pouring her he's being a nice guy pouring her see it you they don't have a heater, so you have to boil water, I guess, and pour it in the t- their old clawfoot tub. And he climbs in the tub, and they have sex in the tub. As you after, do. After she just slapped him. <laughs> He's being nice to you and drawing you a bath to make up for the fact that you slapped him. <laughs> like, what is happening? It's so bizarre. Chris is gone again. She hears the Andersons arguing on the other side of the wall, this old couple and she hears a lot of Chris in this guy because he's clearly drunk. The wife is saying he's drunk and they're arguing about how he's a drunk and all that. So the other thing that this should be, and it, it kind of is, if you're not going to do the doppelganger thing, which I think is a great idea, then what this needs to be is the Andersons are them old. Like they're getting to see what their life would be like. Right if they stay together until they're old, which you kind of, they kind of are playing at a little bit in the relationship mm-hmm. between Maggie and Ms. Anderson. There are a lot of similarities between them, but then that's not what it actually is. So I don't know, man, it's a mess. <laughs> and then in the middle of the night, so Mr. Anderson like leaves this argument and gets in his car and drives away. And Maggie's trying to like chase him down outside in the yeah. dark.
0: And, and call the police for or what any
1: reason. <laughs> we did not hear an, an assault happen we heard an argument happening and then the guy left from the argument before it could escalate which is the correct thing to do Yes. and she's telling chris we got to get him he's getting away call the police I'm like what the fuck are you talking about call the police on your husband <laughs> don't worry about right. them
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's wild shit so she is Pretty unhinged at moments, but then other moments she seems totally lucid. Mm And I don't don't get it. And yeah, she's mad at him that he won't help her chase this guy down and call the police. He's like, Come back to bed. And she's like, "Ah, and yelling at him. And the next day, again, madly in love. They go for a walk. They're picking flowers in the sun. She's making a bouquet of flowers as they walk. Like, it's so are they both super manic depressive? And They're on the same cycle. Like, well, I don't understand. It's crazy. And no sooner do they get to where they're walking, this old, like, gnarled tree that's the one place their cell phone reception, and they set up, like, a pact, like, okay, when I'm gone, let's say 4 o'clock, you come here, and we can have a phone conversation every day when I'm gone. And then immediately another fight starts. (laughs) Like, within the same scene, Yeah, I like how she angrily dropped her bouquet. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. And it's at this point when I'm watching it that I'm starting to formulate like, okay, it has to be that like they're the doppelganger thing. It has to be because it that's the only way that explains how last night they were fighting and now they're but but it couldn't even be that because within the their walk starts out great and then by the end of it they're at each other's throats again. So I don't I don't know, man. I mean, I get that it's a toxic relationship, but I feel like there's more just the quick switches, the quick shifts, like there should be longer periods where they're terrible to each other and longer periods where yeah. they're nice to each other. And then a bad, you know, a, a bad toxic thing happens kind of out of the blue, but it's happening mm-hmm. every 10 minutes. So Chris has to go and fight a fire, which is apparently not an emergency because he's like, oh, there's a fire over somewhere. I got to go there in two days. What are you talking about? If there's a fire you need to go now right if there's a forest fire raging <laughs> and you haven't even started your training yet like what what's the two-day wait the fire ain't putting itself out while you sit here for two days i don't get it but yeah they say yeah they set up this daily cell phone call they're gonna make from the one spot <laughs> for miles that they have cell phone reception like that would be it's, let's just go back to the city it's over you know what i mean this is an untenable mm-hmm. situation with this gas generator And no cell phones, and I have to hike a mile or ride my bike two miles out to this spot. If there's an emergency to call on a cell phone, you're taking the only car with you when you go for weeks at a time, you know? Right. Absolutely not. That's no way to live. You certainly don't have internet. Yeah. Like, what? Maybe I'm spoiled, but what are you doing? What are you doing? How are you spending your days? Painting, I guess.
0: Well, and I thought that that would lead up to something, her having to like race against time, trying to make it out to this one spot to call him or to call the police or something. For some reason, I was like, ooh, there's going to be some great great tension there. And
1: there was nothing. Nope. That's this movie in a nutshell. Lots of setup, (laughs) zero payoff. (laughs) Exactly. And as she's walking back, she hears something in the woods that we do not hear that freaks her out like she stops and she's looking around scared all we hear is the score swelling
0: exactly i thought i missed something
1: i i rewound it i'm like what is she what is she hearing that i'm not hearing nothing we are not privy to whatever sound effects she is hearing which i guess is a sign that she's cuckoo but it's too early in the movie for us to know she's cuckoo so you got to help me out
0: right because as it stands it
1: doesn't make any sense
0: and the sound design in general was doing that a lot. There was a scene where she was, when she was unpacking and she saw like this water rot spot up on the wall and um, she went to go check upstairs in the spare room and she came back and the water spot was gone and dramatic sting. It was, it was just, it didn't make any sense to me. And it, it, I noticed that a lot in this movie.
1: I guess the house is just like their relationship. Bad one second, good the next. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And when she first came in and she was like by the wall that separates the two apartments or the two houses in the duplex, she like put her hand on the wall and was feeling like, like uh, like an electrical, like something, vibration or something. And then it was never brought up again. Nope. Pointless scene. Uh, Speaking of pointless scenes, I should back (laughs) up. When they're there with the real, when the realtor's showing them around, There's a horseshoe and there's a big there's a debate Amongst people about if you have a horseshoe Do you hang it right side up or upside down Right because one way people Say okay it's catching the luck For you and keeping it And the other way is no you hang it upside down so That the luck like falls down on you And they keep switching it like Chris will walk over and he's like oh I don't like it and he turns the horseshoe Right side up and then the realtor comes Over "No, no I like it the other way and switches it back To upside down And then we never see that horseshoe again (laughs) <laughs> it means nothing. Yeah. What a waste of film <laughs> or digital, probably. Mm-hmm. Now, the phone at this point that she keeps hearing ringing, she's trying to paint and it's driving her batty or baddier than Jordy is because this phone is ringing nonstop. There isn't even supposed to be a phone here, it's driving her crazy. She's screaming through the wall at her neighbors to answer the phone. No one's responding whatsoever. So she decides, I guess rather than go over there and knock on the door. Well, she goes over and knocks on the door. There's no answer. She's banging and screaming at the door. <laughs> but she decides yeah. you get, I guess you catch more flies with honey than whatever. And so she bakes a nice blueberry pie to take over to Mrs. Anderson. And is trying to talk to her through the door. Hey, I have a pie for you. I'm your neighbor, blah, blah, blah. No one answers the phone or no one answers the door. So she just leaves the pie on the doorstep, which this actually it may be the one thing that has a payoff in the movie, but.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then she goes to make her daily four o'clock call to Chris from the one spot where she can make a phone call. And the phone falls out of her pocket as she's riding her bike there. And so she gets there and she has to stop and go back and find the phone. And by the time she gets back, she calls Chris, but like, what is this tiny window that he like, he is, he's sitting there waiting like, oh, it's 4.02. Fuck her. Right. <laughs> turn, turn off my phone. Like, she missed it by two minutes because she had to find the phone. And now I guess, you can't reach who him.
0: Knows. Who knows with their relationship, I suppose.
1: Yeah, could be. Yeah, you might have her on a strict. Like, no, I said 4 o'clock. Not 4.01. <laughs> not 4.02. Not 4 minutes and 38 seconds. 4 <laughs> o'clock. So she misses the window to call him. She's more and more isolated. And then on the way back, this time we do hear just like rustling in the woods, but it comes to nothing. Because what is this movie? Is there a supernatural creature in the woods? Is there a Bigfoot? Right. Is she imagining the whole thing? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> because none of it, <laughs> I mean, well, spoiler alert, she is imagining the whole thing. But why is she imagining that?
0: Exactly. What, what did that come to?
1: <laughs> nothing. She also but she gets so freaked out by that she leaves her bike there and runs back to the house. So the next day she has to go back and retrieve the bike that she left in the woods, which also but it comes to not it's a way it's a waste of screen time because it there's nothing happens when she goes back to get the bike. We just have a scene of her going back to get the bike and there's no for nothing. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any effect on the story whatsoever. But when she gets back, the pie that she left on the doorstep of the neighbors is gone. So they must have come out and gotten the pie, right? So that's something. <laughs> so that night, the power is flickering. She goes out to the generator. She's pouring a gas can in there. She's trying to get it started. And wouldn't you know it, Chris was right. She's an idiot, I guess. And can't can't get this generator started. And then she just decides to lay down and sleep next to the generator exactly. instead of going back in the house. What the fuck is happening?
0: She just collapses in a mess.
1: I don't. Because we I mean, see her,
0: Anderson?
1: we see her like getting frustrated, like, ah, stupid generator. And then we cut to Mr. Anderson, this old guy with a lantern that doesn't even appear to be lit, as far as I can tell, is yeah. walking up and like peeking into the generator shed and seeing her. And when we see his point of view of what he's looking at, she is asleep on the floor of the shed next to the generator, as if she worked so hard to start the generator that she just collapsed in a fatigue I to, well, that has to. I guess
0: she did that earlier in the movie too, when um, uh, when she was checking out that locked room, the room, the door closed and locked behind her, and she was stuck in there for five hours. And you would have thought she was stuck in there for five days when he found her, the way that she was just collapsed and she wasn't responding to him. And he had to like carry her to the tub.
1: Yeah. But but that also means nothing because as we'll come to find out at the end of the movie, this is all, why would she imagine herself passing out and having to, you know what I mean? Like why? (laughs) It's so wild. Why any of this? Why any of it? But yeah, she, so either she passed out from exertion trying to start the generator or she just decided, well, it's too dark to go back to the house. I'm scared. I'm just going to sleep here in the shed. (laughs) One of the two. Why not? she looks pretty peaceful <laughs> but she wakes up Mr. Anderson is kind of looming over her and he's like oh i having trouble with the generator oh I can help you with that man to the rescue I guess oh yeah look I'm looking and there's it's bone dry no gasoline we watched her pour gasoline in there yeah but what's that happening? confused me too <sighs> and then the score is going crazy for no reason in this scene where Mr. Anderson yes. is just talking to her not in a sinister way just talking to her about the generator. Oh, it's out of gas, this and that. And the score is acting as if Jason Voorhees is crashing through the back wall and is trying to like yeah. It's it's adding this weird or trying to add this weird air of terror around what is a just a conversation about a generator. He's not being spooky.
0: No. It <laughs> it was a, like it Seems like a friendly enough conversation between two strangers.
1: I mean, we know and she knows that he's like a drunk who yells at his wife, but he's not yelling at her. He's not being rude to her. I mean, it's maybe it's a little weird that this old guy wandered over to your house and found you, but you shouldn't be sleeping out there. That's on you, right? If you were asleep in your house, he couldn't. That wouldn't happen. I don't know what to tell you. So. The next day, the phone is ringing again. It's driving her nuts. She goes over to the Andersons. She knocks on the door. Nobody's answering. She's yelling. And then this made me laugh so hard. She's just like, hey, Miss Anderson, I like your doorknob better than ours. I'm just going to switch our doorknobs. And goes against the screwdriver. She's not even trying to break into this woman's house. She's legitimately just like, I'm just going to swap our doorknobs in the middle of the day now for no reason. I guess like, and if you don't want me to do that, you better come stop me. Right. what a weird <laughs> if my neighbor showed up and was like I'm taking your doorknobs <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not inclined to have a conversation with this person I'm just calling the police like what are you talking about I guess technically Maggie owns the house now but it's just weird weird to just go switch yeah. your doorknobs but yeah. in the course of doing that she accidentally knocks the knob off completely and the door swings open and then she just helps herself and just walks on into the Anderson's half of the duplex and it's a lot of her walking around not seeing anybody and then she turns around and Ms. Anderson's just sitting in the chair and she's not a scary old lady she's just an old lady <laughs> just she's, a regular I mean,
0: kind of old
1: lady I mean she talks a little weird she says some kind of cryptic sort of shit like just not what a normal human being would have as your first conversation with your neighbor who just took your doorknobs yeah but yeah she's just an old she's just an old lady I don't know But during this conversation where they like become like fast friends instantly, even though this crazy woman has been banging on your door and screaming for the last week and just stole your doorknobs, but she's just glad to have the company, I guess. And so during this conversation, we find out that, yeah, they have a lot in common. Mr. Anderson used to be a firefighter, just like Chris, and he's now retired and he has his uh, desk job. Like, how weird is that, that they're both firefighters? And that's when my brain starts going, okay, the Andersons are just, like, old version of them. No, not really. Mm. Not really. It's just a coincidence for no goddamn reason. And then she tells Maggie, and because Maggie's like, "Uh, can you do something about the phone? Because the phone's driving me crazy. And she's like, we don't have a phone. There's no phone (laughs) here. There's never been a phone here. Oh, spooky. (laughs) So she's been imagining... Either she's been imagining the phone or Miss Anderson is some sort of sinister liar with an evil intent, despite appearances. It's time to go call Chris again. But when you know it, her cell phone is dead. So she goes back to the house. She's tearing through all her boxes. She cannot find her phone charger. And Chris comes home and she loses her mind. <laughs> he is screaming at him. What did you do with my phone charger? I know like you must have hit it somewhere. You're trying to make me crazy. Where's my she's out tearing his truck apart looking for it. And then, now granted, she is sort of charging at him, but she doesn't have like an, a weapon in her hand. It's just a woman walking towards you quickly and he punches her in the fucking face. Okay. <laughs> Whose side yeah. are we supposed to be on? There's a scene where she I guess before that, there's a scene where she's in the bathtub just hysterically laughing to herself. I guess the idea is the isolation and whatever. She, like, She's over the edge now like we can mm-hmm. see she is losing it she's cracking up which is something chris has been saying that he's worried about like i have to, you know you think you got problems i gotta be worried leaving you here alone that you can't keep it together which i would get i'm guessing is some sort of reference to their past life in the city as if that's an excuse for the abuse that he put her through and the miscarriage that he caused, is that sometimes she gets a little kooky like what are you trying to say movie i don't I don't, yeah. care. I don't care for that.
0: It was, it's just baffling. Their entire relationship is just...
1: It really is.
0: ...off to me. And, yeah, you don't... There's no clear, like, protagonist that you... That's actually likable, honestly.
1: Because it should be her. You want it to be her. Yes. I think the movie is set up in a way and that it's trying to sell us on she's the hero of the movie. But she mm-hmm. acts so weird and so erratic all the time right. that I can't be on her side either.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just insane. Uh, but yeah, he punched her again. She uh, apparently hard enough to knock her out. She wakes up in bed and she does the Jack Nicholson Joker thing. Like, give me a mirror.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so yeah. hard at that.
1: It's an old swan. Give me a mirror. Maggie, please. Give you me a a
0: mirror.
1: Maybe you were going nuts. I didn't know what to do. And he's like, You you don't want to you don't want to see it. She's, Give me a mirror. And he gets her a mirror so that she can see he has left a giant bruise on her face. And she's like, Oh, here we go. Now you're gonna start hitting me again. And he says to her, I never I've never nothing. hit you. Sir, excuse me. I've, we just saw it. And we know about the miscarriage thing. Like, are you really trying to convince yourself? It's either he's trying to convince himself, even though we all know (laughs) that you just punched her in the face and knocked her out. Right. Or the idea is is that he never has hit her and she is just full-blown crazy. And imagined that too. And you can't have that. Yeah. That's not how stories work. (laughs) Like You know what I mean? Like, it can't be it can't be that it can't or even he himself because first he's like no i never i never hit you and she's like oh it's gonna be just like it was before and he's like it's not gonna be like it was before which is him implying that okay i used to hit you but now i'm not gonna anymore like which is it man right and again i mean he he's not a terrible actor but he's not she's running circles around him for sure like she's Mm -hmm. she's good i enjoyed her performance as strange as it is and again the very next scene so they just had a conversation where she woke up from being punched in the face, and now they are just sitting at dinner, and she's being a little spiky with them. Like, she's giving them some sass and attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But why, this man just punched you in the face and knocked you unconscious. You're not sitting down to have dinner with him. Yeah, no. I will make a sandwich, and I will eat up in this room by myself. You go and make whatever you're gonna make, and we'll be on the opposite sides of the house, because there's no reason we should be in the same room together right now. Bananas.
0: Yeah, the movie should have ended right there too, with her being like, "Okay, you can get the fuck out," and the end. But it doesn't.
1: Well, and, I mean, she can't call for help because her phone is her cell phone's dead. Sure. She can't find her charger. But I, then you get the keys from you take find his, you take the car keys and drive away. Like, <laughs> unless he's yeah, he probably has them hidden somewhere. But mm-hmm. or walk. Miss Anderson is nice, right? Go over and hang out with Miss Anderson something there's no reason to Anything. stay in this <laughs> in the house with this man who punches you but they have dinner and they're sleeping in the same bed so she's over it she wasn't over it at the beginning she's over it now despite everything that's happened since then they're just sleeping in the same bed okay yeah I guess and then she has a dream that she hears somebody's knocking at the door and she runs downstairs Chris won't Chris never wakes up anytime she's like wake up something's happening he never wakes up She grabs a flashlight. She runs downstairs. There's banging on the door. Before she can look to see who it is, a hole gets like blown out of the door. Red light is streaming in and like a spooky voice says, come with me. Will this ever mean anything? Absolutely not. Nope. Absolutely not. Who's saying come with me? Why are they saying come with me? Where do they want her to go? Doesn't matter because it will never come up again. (laughs) What the fuck? Man
0: another setup
1: with no payoff whatsoever none and then the next scene is chris freaking out and they are now at a different dinner table i swear to god they're in a different room (laughs) the first table the last table that they were having dinner at and the last like two scenes ago they were really like close together and they were in sort Mm -hmm. of like the living space like like the living area the big room and then this scene, they're at a longer table, like maybe they it's that table, but they put the leaf in it for some reason, so they're further apart from each other. And now they're in the room where she was, like, sanding the cabinet and doing her paintings. You have two right. different dinner tables? Why? Sure. Why are you eating in two different rooms? <laughs> what is... What? I don't get it. It's so weird. I don't, I, may, I don't... Maybe we're not giving them enough credit. Maybe this entire thing is supposed to be dream logic, but... I, I don't, I, that's not a good enough excuse for me you no. know. especially when not we're not supposed to know it's dream logic until the very very end of the movie you still have to present me when I don't know that it's a dream with a story that makes any fucking sense <laughs> and it doesn't
0: something.
1: from scene to something. scene
0: please yeah exactly just give me something to work with
1: the next day Chris is gone again Miss Anderson comes over and they hug like they're the oldest friends. And she's like, Come for a walk with me to the creek. Because the realtor mentioned something about a creek. And you think this creek's gonna be a big deal. Cause she's like, Oh, come with me to the creek. And she's like, Oh, I heard about this creek, but I haven't seen it yet. No, it's just a creek, and they're on the bridge over the creek and they're having a conversation where Miss and it's kind it's it's the one like really well written line in the movie is Miss Anderson is like or Mrs. Anderson is um you know, they're all monsters. Yes. But you don't, it's not something it, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact, I didn't write down the exact quote, but it's.
0: It's the ones that are in your bed instead of under it.
1: Yes. That's a good line, man. That's good writing. Isolated. I agree. <laughs> And then somehow Miss Anderson, Mrs. Anderson knows because she like touches Maggie's stomach and she's like, you've lost a lot too. So she's like a spooky old lady who knows things she shouldn't know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and she but she also tells Maggie like oh my husband's going to kill me like pretty soon it's gonna happen which we haven't heard we've heard arguing we haven't heard any but she has a big bruise on the side of her head so her and Maggie are very again she should be old Maggie but she's not Something. it's just Maggie projecting this onto this I don't know I don't know I'm sure the filmmaker could, could try to explain all this but as this per, as the person who had to sit for an hour and forty minutes and watch it, I I don't know that your explanation is going to cut it because I'm not a stupid man, you know? right?
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't I don't think that I am ignorant. I you know
1: I don't feel like I'm missing something exactly. So she gives herself like a baptism baptism in this creek. I thought for a second she's going to drown herself, but she's just it's only like a foot deep. So good luck with that. <laughs> she just like baptizes herself and she's like. No, now that I've had this chat with Mrs. Anderson, like I'm not gonna put up with this anymore. She's right. He is a monster. He's not gonna cost me anymore. She goes back to the house. She gets the axe, which she has been she's been keeping next to the bed. And he's like, Do you have an axe next to your bed? Are you a crazy person? What's happening? And she's like, Yeah, I need some form of protection. Which is also another good piece of writing, because it's a that's a two there's two levels to that line. The first is right. like she's right. saying to him, like, hey, when you're gone, what if a fucking bear comes and I need to kill him with an axe? But what she's really saying is, if you try to hit me tomorrow, I'm going to fucking kill you with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So that's a that's a decent piece of writing. too.
0: I liked that. Yes.
1: But she comes back. Chris is yelling at her. He's like, why are you all wet? What the fuck are you doing? Are you, are you losing your mind? I come home. You're not here. You come home. So silk and wet. And she grabs the axe and she's like, nope, we're like, I don't even remember what exactly she's saying, but it's like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you're trying to drive me crazy and she's waving this axe around at him. Not putting effort into killing him necessarily, but definitely like, it's a standoff where like, don't come any closer to me. Right. But it should be like, give me the truck keys. (laughs) But no, it's it's just more arguing. And then Here's where this movie, like this movie was already pretty off the rails. Here's where it goes completely off the rails. Because Mr. Anderson, the old man, who previously at worst was slightly creepy, comes out of this, out of their house. And he's like, what's going on out here? Why is, can't you control your woman? She's out here with an ax. I could control your woman for you. I tasted her pie. Like he's saying all this crazy shit. And he pulls a big knife. He's like, I, I control her like I control my woman. And pulls this giant hunting knife out of his belt. Like, what the? where the fuck is this coming from now? And Chris goes to, he calls her like a whore or something. And Chris runs over to fight this guy. And, of course, gets stabbed in the, well, no, he throws the knife. Mr. Anderson, this yeah. big man, like a fucking ninja, <laughs> throws this buck knife. He
0: chucks it at him.
1: And it's... hits Chris with it right in the heart. So Chris is dying. He's bleeding out. Mr. Anderson and goes people... over and starts attacking Maggie. Like, for what? Where's this coming from? I guess he found out because Mrs. Anderson has said, like, I don't know what he'll do if he knows I talk to you. Like, okay. Yeah. But it's... it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. And Chris jumps up to kind of defend Maggie again and gets stabbed again. <laughs> this time he's right. dead for sure. Maggie gets Mr. Anderson in the back with the axe and drops him. And then again, I mean, maybe you didn't wish him to die. Now that it's happening, no. but five minutes ago, you were threatening this man with an axe. You were saying you're going to leave. You're tired of him driving you crazy, and now she's huddling over you know,
0: his body, cuddling I'm him. I'm so sorry. Crying. She says she's I'm apologizing so
1: sorry. to him for what? Yeah, for what exactly? And then she—he's like, what, "What? What was her name?" Well, what was the name going to be? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she goes, Grace. The baby's name was going to be Grace. Hold on a goddamn second. I understand not finding out the gender of your baby until it's born, if you want to, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they both clearly, by this conversation, knew what the gender of the baby was, and I guess had just decided on the baby's name. And he had no clue. He when is he going to find yeah. out what his child's name is, <laughs> and why did he not get to say sure. it better? does that, he even care but why was that kept from him why like what right i would want to know even if i don't get a say in the naming itself i would at least like to know what how long are we gonna wait <laughs> before i know we'll see, what my child's we'll name is so that's some weird shit too and that so chris dies she goes over takes out hits mr anderson with the axe again and she sees miss anderson looking down from the window and just decides, even though they've been great pals so far, she's obviously just snapped because she goes upstairs and fucking kills Mrs. Anderson with the axe, too. Sure, as you do. Why but not? Ag- but again, as we're minutes away from finding out, this is all in her imagination anyway. So why in her imagination does she become a cold-blooded killer who goes and kills Mrs. Anderson? Why? Even <laughs> even in her own story, she's the bad guy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. We cut to, or we fade out, we fade back in. The realtor's coming to drop off the key that he promised to drop off. He said two days ago. Because so so far, it seems like weeks have gone by. Right. But it turns out, at least if he kept his promise, this is two or three days later. No, it has to be longer than that by the state of decomposition that Chris is in. (laughs) He comes in. He smells something. Like, no one's around. He goes upstairs. The door, the the spare room that he had brought the key for the doors hanging open. He goes in and the word grace is written all over the walls, all the painting that we've seen her doing when she's been, you know, painting on canvases and drawing things like an artist would do has apparently just in reality, been her writing the name grace in different colors and different styles all over this room, like a crazy person would do. And then he walks into the bedroom, which does not have a mattress on it anymore. It's still just the springs. <laughs> And there is Maggie curled up with a severely rotting corpse of Chris. He's there's flies all over him. There's maggots in his eyeball. Like because and because what has happened is the night that she slept down by the fire and he went upstairs and slept on the springs by him. He drank himself to death. He like choked on his own vomit and died. Night one in the house. And everything since then has just been in her head because I guess she got up the next morning and found his dead body and just completely nah. lost her mind everything we've seen since then is her imagination and we see scenes of what actually happened where she's hauling him around on a hand cart yeah what is that like every time she went out to the so I guess she never rode a bike because she couldn't do that with this hand cart but every time she went out to the tree where the you could use a cell phone to make the cell phone calls she actually did that but she was carting his dead corpse around on this hand trolley and then up the I... stairs every time they go to sleep and then back downstairs when they would eat, she has them sitting at the table, his dead body when they're eating meals together, like wild stuff.
0: <laughs> it was just insane. And that was all, we figured that out all like in the last five minutes of the movie. Less. Yeah.
1: Three minutes. Cause yeah. then we cut to outside and ambulance has come. They have strapped Maggie down to a thing. They're going to haul her off to the asylum. The real Andersons pull up to the house. They've never been here. They've been on vacation in Florida.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the Andersons that pull up are the same actors. They look exactly the same. So, in her imagination, she has somehow managed to imagine this couple that she never met right. exactly as they actually look. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> that's real dumb it is dumb and then they put because (laughs) i'd like to think this would they would never actually do this i know you only have the one ambulance but figure something out because they have her strapped to a gurney and she's seeing Mm -hmm. living chris sitting in the ambulance with her as if nothing has happened and then the paramedics put his dead body in the back of the ambulance with her just hold
0: corpse next to his grieving <laughs> wife.
1: A woman who you apparently know, you have already diagnosed on scene as being a complete crazy person who needs to go to an asylum and you are now putting her husband's dead body in the back of an ambulance with her? That'll help. Yeah. That'll help her get better.
0: Sure. Why not?
1: <laughs> it's only one
0: ambulance.
1: It's real dumb. <laughs> and then as the ambulance pulls as if things weren't confusing enough, We need one last bit of. Do you want to know what's going on? Go fuck yourself.
0: As (laughs) Amis is
1: pulling away, the camera pans up and Maggie is looking out the window of the house as Amis pulls away. What does that mean? What does that mean? Who knows? I mean, it means nothing. (laughs) But what is it supposed to mean? (laughs) Because that. What? Is she in the house and she's also imagining this? Or is her like ghost left behind in that? It's fucking nonsense. It's nonsense yeah and that's house of good and evil <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> I, f- I feel like a movie that had potential again I really like the actress yeah. a lot
0: I was hyped when i I watched the trailer I was really excited I was I thought it had a lot of potential
1: yes also the poster looks pretty cool like posters like a gnarly looking like baby stroller with like a evil yeah. ghost face coming out of it a not featured in the movie and also not doesn't really have anything to do with the movie once you get past that first scene or that scene with her with the umbilical cord and hearing the baby crying the baby is kind of a non-issue
0: for the rest of the movie
1: you never hear that baby crying again it all becomes about the phone so it's like i I feel like they had eight different ideas and just threw in a blender and i don't know just
0: threw it at the wall and tried to see what stuck but nothing nothing at really all slid happened.
1: down <laughs> into a yep. mess on the floor <laughs> yeah so how's of good and evil not 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 good
0: not so much
1: not good not I, not even not even terrible in a way that's like oh that's complete trash how terrible like there's right there's an amount of filmmaking on display here there's good at least one good performance here there are hints and moments where you're like, okay, this is something, but then it's nothing. (laughs) It's not something.
0: It all just accumulates to nothing.
1: It's real wasted potential. And it's sad, but they can't all be winners. Well, it is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. And this is a special one. So this, I hope this goes well because next episode it'll be, it's going to be instead of the usual week, week and a half between episodes, it's going to be three, three and a half weeks until the next episode. But that's because the next episode is my first ever live in front of a real ass audience episode recorded. Wow. So that'll be something. So this, that's exciting. a lot's riding on what movie this is <laughs> because it could be disastrous. Um, <laughs> Pressing the magic button right now. Next week, or not next week, next episode's live episode will be Vamps from 2012. It is on Tubi. Let's see here. It stars Kristen Ritter and uh, uh, what's her name? From uh, Clueless. Alicia Silverstone. So this appears to be a real, like a real movie, like a real deal movie that I have not seen. I'm guessing it's a comedy about vampires.
0: Sounds exciting.
1: Vampire. Oh, and it's from OK, it's directed by Amy Heckerling, who directed Clueless and Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: Oh, so that okay. might be something
1: that might be something we shall see. But yeah, so vamps mm-hmm. from 2012 on Tubi. That's everyone's homework, especially people who are coming to the live show. That'll be fun, hopefully. Either it needs it either needs to be really good or really bad. It just can't be middling. If it's middling, it's boring to talk about in front of people. And I wanted to have a good impression for my first live show. Ma'am, thank you as always for your time and your insight you To into... <laughs> trash movies. It's not even trash. Always. It's just it's just not good. But speaking of garbage, Captain Garbage, where can people find you and your horror book reviews and all of that?
0: <laughs> Um, on Twitter, I am MeganHara1, and everywhere else, you can find me at Captain Garbage, Captain underscore Garbage, some variation of that. Um, I'm on YouTube. I do book reviews, and I'm about to do a review of, or a breakdown, really, of a book called Born to Bleed by Ryan C. Thomas. It's actually really great. It goes off the rails in the best way possible. And yeah,
1: I like that. I like your book recommendations. What did I just read? I just read uh, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. I love Grady Hendrix. Yeah, I, I was torn on that one because I, I the first half of that book, I thought, wow, this is actually better than uh, mm-hmm. Final Girls Support Group, which I liked a lot. Right. Um, and then the second half, I kind of went some places where I was like, eh, I don't know about this. So this yeah. is not quite what I thought it was, but it was still good. Yeah, yeah it's not Gr- for everybody. Grady Hendrix is good. And I need to mm-hmm. read his older stuff now. But myself, I am at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The show is at that's So random P2. The show has an email address that's a random pod at gmail.com. Uh, all sorts of other places like Slasher, Mastodon, Hive. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, The show is some form or other of that's a random, that's a random pod, that's a random podcast. You can find it. I'm not doing your homework for you. You can do it. (laughs) Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher. Uh, And I think that's it. Any final thoughts from you, my friend?
0: Oh, man. Um, That's you said you covered everything, I think. I was hoping for greatness, and I got nothing instead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never know. I never know what I'm going to get when I ask necessarily yeah. people to come aboard. And you haven't had the best luck with movies, but I appreciate you. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, no. Yeah, I swear, I swear, at some point I will get a movie that I know is great that I've seen before. and i will gift that to you as recompense for all the time you've wasted watching garbage for me
0: or something that looks extra terrible i'm into as well i love a good bad movie
1: she's the glutton for punishment this one always and so am i (laughs) yeah that will do it everybody have a good week i will see you or not see you at the live show uh you'll be able to listen to it regardless Yeah, one more time. That is Vamps from 2012 on Tubi. And that's next episode. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.
0: Goodbye.